and welcome to The Beaten Track. I'm Joe Burke, and as always, I'm joined by Louis Baker. Hello, Joe. We've been away for a long time, but now yeah. we're back. Various uh, real things and technical issues have meant that things have been shelved, things have been delayed, we're behind, basically. Mm. Yeah. But we're back now, that's what, that's what matters, really. Yes. Well, hopefully, unless something goes wrong now. Yeah, no, but then people so won't true. hear that, so they won't know. It'll just be another. Like, It'll just be another week in the void. Mm. Oh. We're doing, um, as always. I mean, we only ever do exciting um, topics, but uh, this is a sure, sure exciting topic. That doesn't make sense, but it is. Yeah, I think it's a, a band that we've both got quite a lot of affection for. It's a, a band that a lot of two thousands kids have affection for and mm. um, you can do you want to introduce the yeah we're doing um the white stripes uh, and we're doing white blood cells which is the third album and probably the album that maybe um made them take off a little bit and got them quite a lot of attention in that sort of early 2000s garage rock revival <laughs> Formed in 1997 in Detroit, uh, garage rock duo. You've got Meg White and Jack White, who were well purported to be a brother and sister, but that was a lie. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're kind of like you say. I think people are very familiar with them, and they're also quite iconic. And certainly their imagery and the whole kind of story of the brother and sister, and you know, and the the album covers the red and white and black, and the and the sound is all quite. Um, yeah, familiar to a lot of people. And they, like I said, they're kind of often talked about in that garage rock revival. And yeah, they're, they're just great and, and and a lot of fun to listen to, I would say. Yeah, there's a, they kind of had this kind of self-made kind of mystery about them. Like, like you said, with the, the the brother and sister thing, I think they were actually married. Them, but like, that's the general gist. I don't see that, yeah, they're all a bit vague and they've, they've got a very... Uh, distinct color scheme and style that kind of comes back on every album, every cover, and everything. And also known um, stylistically, not just as a kind of garage rock band, but as a kind of blues and mm. and very interested. Well, I guess this fits the garage thing, but they're very interested in like lo-fi and kind of retroness. They like a retro. Um, they like using retro equipment. They like being very back to basics. Mm. Yeah, stripped back, raw, and very, yeah, like you say, a bit of a throwback um, in, in more ways than one. Uh, and a band kind of maybe steeped in in music history and pop history as well in terms of the influences and the way they sound and the way they play. And you get that on this record, definitely. Um, it's funny because, I mean, the only two White Stripe albums I'm really into is what I say into, but really ever got into by listening a lot is is White Blood Cells and the one previous to it being this style, um, which is um, 
an album I absolutely love, and I also love this album. I think it's great as well. But I'm by no means, um, um, you know, up, up into every single one of their albums. So it's kind of been uh, nice to delve back into them and, and has maybe sparked a little bit of an interest again. So I might start listening to them a bit more once again. Yeah, I want to go back to the first one and like maybe try out the the later ones again because I wasn't a huge like Icky Thump guy or mm. I can't remember what the other one was before that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big Elephant fan, but I think um, it's got what we'll, we'll call mezzanine syndrome where it's kind of like mm. the follow-up that has higher highs but much kind of much more inconsistent and kind of there's a lot of bits of elephant that I find kind of a bit kind of, I don't know, they make me kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say cringy because that's a bad word to use, I think, but there's certain elements that, it, that seem kind of strained and um, perhaps less natural than um, elements of this album, which kind of flows very naturally, even though it's kind of like just a collection of, of short tracks. But then it's got Ball and Biscuit and like this really kind of explosive kind of ridiculous songs I really enjoy so. mm. yeah I'd be tempted to agree I think the times that I've listened to Elephant I've always found that White Blood Tales was a little bit more I don't know I find it a little bit closer to the start to the style in a way and it's a little bit more um stripped back a little bit and um and perhaps a little more isolated and before maybe they the sh- they sort of experiment a little bit more with the sounds of the studio and stuff like that, even though this, I think, was the first record recorded in the studio. Um, yeah, I, like you said, I love the way the album flows and lots of very short tracks that they just kind of fire through um, and they're just excellent. There's just so many fantastic moments on this. And like I said, I think the big thing for me is with the White Stripes is that they're always extremely entertaining bands to listen to. The songs have this kind of like kind of straightforward and endearing quality and they they just kind of reel off these short tracks and it's kind of like just extremely joyous in a way when they um the way they do things um and yeah I, I kind of placed them amongst those other Detroit acts as well the the older acts like MC5 and the Stooges big influence upon them in um in their energy um particularly um, and this album kind of steers away a little bit from that, from some of the blues influences from the last album, and is a little bit more maybe garage punky, if you like. And the riffs tend to really dominate this album, whereas they didn't as much um, in the previous in the previous one. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, I think the album is just yeah, great and so much fun to listen to. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um... Would you like to get into the, the tracks? Yeah, yeah. And we'll start with um, Dead Leaves on Dirty on the Dirty Ground. Um, and yeah, from the, the first second you get this fantastic opening riff that's just so dirty and distorted and a perfect example of the interplay that's so great between Jack and Meg. And, and, I, and I think you kind of... I think when you talk about the White Stripes, maybe the the thing about Meg's drumming is often talked about, and there are some people who are, I think, quite critical of Meg's drumming and and the way it is, and lots of people say that that maybe held the band back a little bit and stuff like that. But I love the way they 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 sort of work together with, you know, it feels as though Meg's drumming is kind of slightly is kind of straightforward and dragged and has this sort of like slightly 
delayed, almost deliberately sloppy quality when they're against this kind of riff that is just kind of racing away and, and is really punishing. And it, it sounds fantastic. And this is a great example of that, I think. Yeah, I think Meg's got like a Ringo Starr syndrome where people started to kind of mm, definitely posthumous, well, not posthumously, but like after the band kind of decided that she's not a good drama or they like to talk shit, basically. But um, even though both those drums are like great and kind of exactly what the band needs if you had like a mm. a drummer that was doing lots of kind of tricks and stuff it just wouldn't work for the kind of yeah. rock they're trying to make um and you can kind of get that from this first song it's really heavy the guitar playing's kind of has that kind of heavy distorted riff but also has this kind of loose kind of frettings and this kind of just kind of circling background and this kind of looseness to the guitar that is more kind of Obviously, Jack is a total kind of show off in terms of his playing and that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he is. But he's also kind of, I think on this album, he's kind of simple as well. He's not going too crazy with the solos and stuff like he does on, on Elephant. It's kind of, but there is a kind of looseness to that as well, but not in the, the same way as Meg and a more kind of um, just kind of experimenting with these weird kind of fretting. And yeah, you get these great kind of cymbal hits sort of towards the end of the song. And it's got, a, it's got a great bridge and it's got great lyrics as well. I like the the kind of bombast of the lyrics kind of fitting in with the heaviness of the song. Like uh, you can hear a piano mm. chord, you can hear me coming down the hall. It's kind of, yeah, this is one of my favourite White Stripes songs actually. It's just great um, all the way through. Have you seen the SNL performance of this? No. It's absolutely it's it's well it's a fantastic performance and made even better by the fact that it's John McCain presenting them, which is oh, wow. it's just this sort of ridiculousness of it of John McCain introducing the White Stripes and then it's just, it, yeah, it's like Jack's guitar sounds like it's just not going to hold together throughout the whole thing. It's yeah, it's brilliant. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, the the film uh, is on YouTube. I was going to say, like, oh, we should watch the the White Stripes film, but I, I haven't. I didn't really have enough time. Mm. You know, the under Great Northern Lights. Or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah, true, true. That's one. That's one for another day. Again. So <laughs> then you have the other kind of White Stripes song that kind of permeates this album, which is the kind of cutesy, rhymy. Uh, sing along vibe, which Hotel Yorba has in, in spades. Yeah, it's kind of like a country tinge left turn in a way. It's um, obviously written about a hotel, I think, near where Jack White uh, lived. And it's, um, yeah, it was kind of, I think, a bit of an unexpected hit. I like that kind of slightly childish element to the track. And the nursery rhyme element certainly comes back with a couple of the songs later on, like We're Going to Be Friends. Um, I think someone mentioned um, Jack White being a bit McCartney-esque at times with with some of the songwriting, and, and I kind of get that with uh, uh, with these sort of tracks, that very sort of um, yeah, slightly childlike um, 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 rhythm, you know, melodies and stuff, which are which are great and work really well on this track. Yeah, I love how the drums kind of pick up and kind of pound in, kind of constancy of the drums and. Yeah, I like I like um, Jack White's vocals as well. He's got like a hint of kind of Mick Jagger about him as well, and, but also kind of yeah, that kind of cutesy quality of songs like this. It's um, it's almost like a kind of yeah, like you said, like a country throwback, like a kind of Simon Garfunkel or something. Just this kind of slightly um, 
kind of absurd but also kind of quite endearing and like fun track easy to kind of sing along it's got those great kind of internal rhymes and the really kind of short lines like you get later with um uh, we're going to be friends which is an even more kind of childlike song because it's about um childhood as well yeah and then um the next track i think is definitely worth mentioning because um it's one that's got in my head I'm, I'm finding it harder to be a gentleman every day um which is one of those great white stripe song titles as well um and this one is great i think because it has that piano backed riff um which is part of i think sometimes maybe forgotten a little bit with the white stripes part of what makes some of their sounds so great is um the sort of i think the triangular sound of the guitar the um the drums and this sort of gliding piano that's that's brilliant it's quite doors like in a way um and yeah it's 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 fantastic and and yeah the the tracks was fantastic i love that sort of slightly paranoid masculinity that um the the white displays it's great and then you get the the big single from this album the and it was partially spurred to kind of mainstream popularity because it's one of the first lego music videos it's mm. a very famous music video and it's also a very good song too yeah fell in love with a girl which is like yeah music video is amazing the, the song is just like it's very urgent and incredible piece of garage punk if you like it's frantic and breathless and it's got these great like surf pop um, backing vocals as well um, and just some great lines my, my left brain knows that, that all love is fleeting uh, is a fantastic line um, and yeah I mean everyone everyone loves this track you can't not love this track And when you listen to it, it's so like ridiculously simple, and it's basically just the riff repeating over and over again. But yeah, mm. it's got this weird kind of lyrical dexterity where he's talking about yeah the different sizes of his brain, and then introducing these characters about like cheating. And it, yeah, it's kind of a lot packed into a lot, and also like it was like a real sing along like banger. But I feel like I've never actually known the lyrics to it before because when I was looking at it, like <laughs> I didn't didn't know that was. Quite what it was, but yeah, yeah, it's a great song. I'm kind of tempted to go for the next track again. I really love Expecting, which is um, a return to the sort of crunching riff and uh, backed up again with that slightly sloppy, dragged drum sound. Um, um, and yeah, the riff is so kind of timeless in a way. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned before the sort of music history, kind of steeped in music history and stuff. Real influence of like hard blues rock. I know Led Zepp is maybe an obvious uh, uh, comparison to make, but I think a very apt one at times um, with the way they sound. Um, and it's this one's just pound and sublime. Um, and you get a bit of the loud, quiet thing that, that they do play on as well, because they're obviously just, there is only kind of drums, guitar, maybe a bit of piano. You kind of, the song kind of slows down and then 
and then comes back into this riff again. Uh, and it also contains my favorite line of the whole album, which is you sent me to Toledo, 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 which I just I absolutely love. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm a little surprised you like your favorite line, but uh, I, do, I do enjoy it quite a lot. Um, yeah, this one feels a bit more kind of lumbering in terms of its heaviness, like a bit slower than the first few tracks. It's kind of got this stiltedness in the vocal that kind of is in line with the guitars. Um, yeah, this kind of crashing, very slow kind of riff, but it's a fun song. And it's kind of, you get this vibe from maybe this part of the album, especially, you get this kind of short, um, I mean, the next song is very short. It's almost like a little interlude or something. It reminded me mm. of, um, like on Abbey Road, where you have like Her Majesty and you have the kind of medley and stuff. So with the little chant that um, Jack White does, it's this very kind of um, small kind of segment of music that kind of adds a lot of character to the album, and makes it seem like this kind of just varied kind of, backlog of kind of blues and folk and stuff and all these different influences but then you you still you still got more great songs I can what where do you want to go from here because I think the the union forever is great um, oh it's so good yeah go, go for it well all the lines are from Citizen Kane which is cool I didn't realize that before. <laughs> I, you know done my research I was like, oh I didn't but it's got this very cool kind of snaky riff that sounds almost like a Spaghetti Western or something. And you get that vibe from a few of these songs, like Offend uh, in Every Way as well. They kind of sound like a Spaghetti Western theme, which is great. And it's got that um, stop-start kind of energy that you get from, from expecting, where it's kind of the speed and the quickness of the guitars, but then the pounding of a kind of more, more akin to a rhythm section, but so kind of loud. It becomes just this kind of stalling and powerful riff. Um, yeah, I love the um, the recontextualization, I guess, of those lines from the film, which make it into a kind of yeah love uh, story or whatever. A lot of the the Jack White songbook is like either very kind of naive love songs or like breakup songs, basically, and kind of yeah angry love songs, I suppose. Yeah, it's very pained in the in the chorus of this. Of the you know, there there is no true love, and the yeah, the kind of tragedy of the character of of um, of, of Kane as well. Um, and yeah, I really love the breakdown of this song into the some of the dialogue from the film. And the there is a man, a certain man, and this the, that sort of chanting. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's fantastic. As well. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I forgot about that. Like it's like the song in the film, but kind of a different. I love mm. the, you know, what would you like to be? Every, everything you hate. Uh, it's kind of. Mm. Well, that's another part of the kind of songs as well. Is that um, the vibe that you get in Seven Nation Army? There's this kind of antagonism towards kind of the music press and kind of audience and things like that. The kind of the paranoia extending to like uh, feelings of blowing up and becoming like famous and stuff, which kind of becomes more relevant on like this album and the next album when they are actually starting to pick up a lot of, a lot of buzz, there's a lot of anger um, in relation to that. Yeah, um, I kind of, 
we could talk about quite a few of these tracks. Um, there are there are quite a few of them. Like I think there's 16 in total. And very very quick. I really like the next track. The same boy you've always known reminds me of some of the highlights from this style, but I've not got loads to say about it really. Um, but you mentioned before, I think we're going to be friends, um, which I think is worth a mention because of yeah, it's kind of a pretty perfect piece of innocent childhood pop if you like it's like i said before got that mccartney-esque feel um and every line on those very endearing and 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 you know shows kind of the the strength of jack white's um songwriting at the time that sort of line about the teacher marking their heights against the wall and stuff like that is yeah is is pretty great um and i think maybe will become a bit too much if it was the entire album but when it's just that kind of short snippet it 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 works yeah yeah it's kind of it's very cute as a song um i don't know yeah this that was, that was something that annoyed me about elephant as well as the kind of when he indulges in the angle but it's also got the kind of weird kind of nostalgia for like the civil war and stuff that i kind of found a bit kind of yeah strained and kind of annoying but um yeah i like how he keeps it more sort of vague on this album it's a bit more kind of accessible and fun rather than being like super serious and yeah um sorry i was going to say offend in every way it's a great track as well it is yeah again more you know that rollicking riffage it's yeah it's great um and then i I, actually i think i smell a rat it's kind of a good song but it's also one that kind of annoys me slightly um, I love it. I, I absolutely love. I think I smell. I find it so exciting as a song. Like it's that sort of biting riff with that kind of very um, frenzied uh, work from 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 him. And then um, yeah, that line about using your mother and father as a welcome mat. I really like that. Yeah, I, I find that song very exciting. It's uh, it's good fun. Okay, well, I just found the vocal like kind of annoying, but not too much. Uh... <laughs> I tell you what I do love. I love um, aluminium or aluminium, as 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 I'm sure it was. Should be called. Not, yeah, I mean, it sounds I, like a Sabbath riff. It's so heavy and like. Crunchy. I yeah, I literally I, I had that written down. Um, sound like sort of massive reality Sabbath, so sludgy and and sort of the dripping in distortion. It, it's great. Yeah, I love that track. Yeah, and I guess the kind of charming vocals as well give it that kind of occult um, kind of fantasy feel, which is a bit different than what you get from the rest of their kind of discography also. Um, yeah, and I love the kind of use of, you get the variations on this riff, but then you get the kind of feedback popping through on like just some of the alternations. It gives them this kind of, yeah, it's interesting to use feedback in terms of musicality, but in a very kind of brief way, and they kind of punctuate it rather than, it's not really noise, but like he, he uses kind of feedback quite a lot as a kind of different texture in the songs. And then actually, I will say the last four tracks are not my favorite things in the world. But yeah, I think it might be safe to say that there there are slightly diminishing returns, although not that I feel like it's a particularly although I do feel like the final track's probably the weakest on here, but I quite like I can't wait. Um kind of again a bit of your loud quiet sort of slightly lumbering ballad feel um but yeah i think the final three tracks i'll be tempted to agree um you are starting to get it's just a little bit less 
um, exciting if you like. Um, yeah, so it does. I think yeah, that it slightly maybe tails off towards the end, but not atrociously at all. Um, I wouldn't say. He's got the real uh, one of the things about Jack. He's got one of those. He sounds like you know, like John Lennon on Rubber Soul. He's got that kind of bit of like when on oh, no, I can't wait. Where it's like, who do you think you're messing with, girls? He's got a slightly yeah. sinister. It's definitely. I don't know. He could. He would have fit in in the sixties quite well as a pop singer. Yeah, but that's. I don't know. Yeah, this is. I would say it's probably my favorite White Stripes album at the moment. But they're due a re a re delving into. I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I think there's. Um, like you say, the first one's not one that I've explored enough. I'm sure that I will go back to Elephant as well. Um, but yeah, I think Icky Thumpen. Is it Get Behind Me, Satan? Are the, are the oh, latest yeah. two I don't think are regarded as highly as as these, but maybe they're worth a, uh, a listen. But yeah, I think this, I mean, it's hard. I absolutely love this style as well, but maybe that's just because I listened to it too much when I was younger. So this, is, I think mm. this is probably a better album. And um, yeah, it, it's, it is great. It's so, it's, yeah, like I said, there's just so many, um, just like little songs, like I think A Smell A Rat and things like that, that just stand out um, on the album. I saw the funniest thing, which was like, in, in regards to elephant, he, uh, I think Jack White said it was meant to look kind of like an elephant. So I saw this forum of people that were like drawing on paint what they thought an elephant could be on the album cover, and they're all completely different. <laughs> and they, all, they all looked so terrible. It was like, yeah, it was very funny. I, one one thing I would say is that I think this is one of the 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 worst um, album covers of the lot. Now I know they're very they're all very, you know, the red, white, and black. But the style's amazing. Elephant's amazing, and so is the first one. Um, but I think this one is ever. So, I don't know. I think is there like a like a gorilla attack? Like it's meant to be. They're meant someone? to be photographers. I thought it was a gorilla. No, there's Maybe there's I've four black like there's four silhouettes. Silhouettes. Yeah. I'm saying it's better than. I think it's better than the debut cover. I think it's worse. Really, than I really like the debut. That's. I think it's better than "Get Behind Me, Satan" and "Icky Thumb." So I think mm. the only one it's worse than for me is "Elephant." I'd say. But Maybe the style's so good. That, no, the style is good. Icky yeah, Thumb is too much. Well. Get Behind Me, Satan is just like Elephant again, really, but a bit more. Mm. Don't know about. But that. yeah, I mean, they're all pretty great, aren't they? To be honest with you, but um. Yeah, but that is that is white blood cells. Um, yeah, um, I mean, if you haven't listened, what are you doing? Mm. Frankly, yeah, yeah. Like, I have got a quiz. Okay. To end all quizzes, it's all about "Battle Cry of Freedom," the song from which the line "The Union Forever" comes from, as featured in oh, uh, Citizen Kane and the album and everything else so uh, yeah. well i think something you mentioned before we came on the podcast might help you in 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 this so uh, you never know so first of all first question billy bragg wrote a song based on the music of battle cry of freedom but can you tell me which album this was on is it well, I only know Life's a Riot and Spy vs. Spy, so that's what I'm going for. 
Is that what you're going for? No, it's it's not that. No. I can't. I don't think it's I know. Talking, talking with the tax man about poetry. <laughs> hey, actually, I think I could have bought that one today. Actually, is that a green one? Is it green? It is green. Yeah, okay, it's green. I think I could have bought that. Mm. But you just didn't. No. Anyway, mm. there you go. Yeah, that was a. There is power in a union. Like that Billy Bragg. That makes sense. Yeah, I just didn't know. Classic. <laughs> so here we go. The song features in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, but who composed the score? Hmm, that's a good question. Who's it the is, chap who I... always does that shit? Uh, oh, I'll go John Williams. It is John Williams, very well done. Yeah. Yes, no. yeah. He is the the chap that always does that shit. That's, that's what yeah. they call him. Well, he's the first on Spielberg's little list. And finally, because he's always got a feature in these quizzes, Elvis Costello sang and played the last line of the song in an episode of which American sitcom? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I had no idea until today, and then I watched it, and I couldn't. Mm. I mean, as always with these little weird Elvis Costello sort of cameos it's amazing it's it, I mean, you've got to watch it i feel like he wouldn't be in friends i feel like it's too mm. i don't know why they'd get him but then i thought i thought this was below him this program is i will say that and it can't and, be like uh, the big bang theory because right? no, <laughs> that's like not about Elvis Costello. um i'll go how i met your mother two and a half men oh okay mm. In, in the same episode, Harry Dean Staunton and Sean Penn are in. <laughs> and they're all smoking cigars together. There you go. Because why not? Why not? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that that concludes my uh, Battle Cry Freedom uh, quiz. One out of three. I think that's uh, pretty average for us. Yeah. It's nothing nothing new. Well, what a, what a barn-stomping return for the podcast. Yep. I think so. I guess we'll. Uh, I don't want to say next week because Lord knows when we're going to be back. Um, no. Next time, I guess we'll see you. Yeah, see you next time.